If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is so incredibly crucial to who we are as a community. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome to the Live Church Camp Podcast. Thanks for listening. Um, as you all are aware, um, we're in the midst of this uh, outbreak of coronavirus. And um, if you weren't able to see uh, this weekend, we actually closed our doors. We weren't doing an in-person gathering, but we took our ministry to the web. Um, and it's just really cool to see that we have the ability to uh, still continue on as a church, um, even in the midst of this um, this outbreak of this uh, virus, um, we're able to continue to to gather together via technology. And, um, you know, I'm reminded of when Paul says, I'll become all things to all people so that I might save some. And, um, you know, all things might look like doing Facebook Live or, or podcasting. So um, just wanted to let you guys know, um, we're going to be doing probably some more podcasts this week um, as we are unable to gather um, in person. We want to gather online as much as we can. So um, here's Nathan. This is our second week of Cross Equals Love. Enjoy. Amen. Oh, I hope you're clapping. I hope you're excited. I hope that you're feeling that God is with you. Welcome. My name's Nathan. I'm one of the pastors here. And welcome to our online experience. This is going to be a wonderful morning, and I'm grateful for you. Do me a favor. Share this with someone and tag them. Let them know because there are people who need hope. There are people whose churches can't meet right now and we can serve as their church for a couple of weeks. There are people who need hope right now and what is more hopeful than the cross equals love. We're in this series called The Cross Equals Love. And what I wanna encourage you to do is comment. If something is hitting you, comment. If you have a question, put it in there. Let us know. There are literally 20 people in this room who are here to serve you and to be with you. Also, if you have a question, put it down and we will get to it, even if it takes us a little while. This is going to be interactive and fun. So like, follow us on Facebook, all of those fun things. Now, I'm going to be preaching, and I want to share with you something one of my um, friends, one of my mentors, one of my professors used to tell me every time he would start a class. He would say, hey, everybody, you want to know what's on the test. I'm going to let you know what's on the test. What I want you to do is take note. I don't want you to take notes. I want you to take note. And he would tell us that the Holy Spirit speaks, and when there's something that hits you, you need to stop, pause for a moment, and reflect on what God is trying to say to you. The word of God and his church, they speak, and there's truth in it. When the Holy Spirit hits you, listen. If you're brand new and you're just checking us out for the first time, my name's Nathan. Um, I'm excited that you are here, and we are in this series, The Cross Equals Love. This, this is an interesting symbol, isn't it? The cross equals love. Because if you know anything about the cross, it's not just things we put around our neck or you see out and about. The cross was a torture device. 
It's something that was used to kill people. So how could be something that was used to kill people mean love? To me, it seems like that's a paradox. That can't be possibly true. And the reality is that Jesus, he died on a cross just like that. Why? Well, he took a payment on himself for you, for every single one of you. And because of that, because of that, we can know God together. If that doesn't say love, I don't know what does. We're in this series, and I, I want to read 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. Many of you, when you were married, you may have heard this at your wedding. It's about love. Let me read it for you. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is so incredibly crucial to who we are as a community. I want to encourage you as you listen to this sermon, as you engage, to think about what you have if you do not have love. Also, I wanted to let you know that we were doing this series and we had lots of gear, right? You guys remember that? We bought lots of things and, and we're going to share it with people. And if you have your gear, we'll soon be delivering it to your house. Um, not like, kind of like ding dong ditch, right? We're going to ding and run away so that you can't, you know, th that we can't have contact with you. We got to be, you know, careful. But I promise you there will be a surprise on your porch, but it won't be a brown bag full of something on fire. It's just your cross equals love swag. We'll let you know we're coming. Now, this swag stuff is pretty cool. I have a bumper sticker. Um, if you guys, if you, if you could pull down that um, text, if you can't, uh, right there, if it's still up. Um, I have a Cross Equals Love bumper sticker. And that bumper, yeah, um, bump, thank you so much. A bumper sticker on the back of my car. And I put it there on purpose. And over the years, I've talked to people about it. I'm like, why do they put a Cross Equals Love bumper sticker on the back of your car? And I said, one, it helps me remember to drive like someone who knows Jesus, right? Like, Because if I go in and I cut somebody off and there's a Cross Equals Love on the back, I'm going to feel pretty bad because that's not a very loving thing to do. And I talked about it someone, to someone recently and they said, yeah, I never put that on the back of my car. And I'm like, well, why wouldn't you? And he'd be like, because I don't drive like someone who should put that on there. And I kind of had a moment where I'm like, well, maybe you, maybe you should, right? Like, we're not incognito Christians. We're Christians all the time. You need to maybe you'd actually drive like someone died for you. Like, like it's, it's crazy. And I know patience is, is something hard to have on the road. But what we do matters. How we act matters. If love if we're nothing without love and we have access to the greatest love ever and we don't share it by our actions and what we do, what are we doing? This whole series we've been talking about, 1 Corinthians, and for a moment, I want you to breathe in and listen to the words of God. Continuing on from what we just read, very six small words. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is kind. I can't think of a better time to talk about these two words. To be patient means to be long-suffering. To suffer a long time, to be willing to suffer. 
It means to exhibit internal control of your emotions and actions and external control of what you do. Some are so good at being patient. Some of us are never patient. Some of us are only patient when we're working hard on something or fishing, but we're terrible at being patient with children or other people. Patience is something I've been around for a while, and I cause people to have to be patient with me constantly, but patience is something that is hard. It's usually earned, isn't it? I, uh, someone used to tell me, like, I don't pray for patience, because then God gives me opportunities to be patient. And the whole point is I don't want to have to be patient. <laughs> like, and I, I get that. It's hard. It's hard to be patient. It's hard to be patient with people right now, isn't it? In a world we're in, in do you agree? And you can comment and say amen if you want to. You could put it in there and say, yes, it's really hard to be patient with people when. You know, you could do that. But watch out. The rest of the message is coming. You can comment online about what you're struggling with. But I want to be honest with you, this crisis allows us to grow in our ability to be patient. As Americans, we feel entitled to never have to be patient. Everything needs to be ready for us right away. You know, it's weird that now we don't have access to Amazon Prime. Things aren't getting to us as quickly as possible, especially things like hand sanitizer and toilet paper. Like, it's just not coming to us as quickly as possible, and it's, it's testing us. We feel entitled to never have to wait. So why be patient? 2 Peter 3.9 tells us why. God is so patient with you. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some would count slowness, but he is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Jesus paid a price for every one of us to repent, to turn around and move towards God. And he's patient for us to choose that. And we have to choose it. Patient. Okay, I get it. we got to be patient. But then it goes on to say we have to be kind. Kind. What an interesting word. In fact, it's only used once in this way in the original language in all of the 66 books in the Bible. And the more I look at it and the structure of this sentence, patient and kind, it's as if he put it in there to try to encapsulate a larger meaning, a larger word between the two words of patience and kindness. Now, kindness here, it means to be warm-hearted, to be considerate, to be humane and gentle and sympathetic. Kind of like the opposite of the way we're talking to each other online. Like, imagine how people argue online, and the opposite. <laughs> That's what it means to be kind. To be kind is to provide something beneficial as an act of goodwill. That's what it means to be kind. To bring food to those who are quarantined. To call those who feel alone. To support the work of the church financially. To speak life to your kids and to take the opportunity you have before you to love on them. These are warm-hearted and considerate things. So why are we kind? Because Jesus has been so kind to you. Ephesians 4, 32. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. The cross equals love because Jesus took your debt on him, the act, ultimate act of kindness. So Paul is combining these two words together, patience and kindness. He's, he's bringing them together for a purpose. 
He's trying to capture that the love, the love we receive from God would cause an overflowing response of goodness to those who treat us poorly. And it gives us a consideration for others and gives us a gentle service of others. You see, I think that this is a term in itself, that this patience and kindness, it encapsulates love in a beautiful way because I believe that love is patient kindness. Patient kindness. Love is patient kindness. Long-suffering goodwill towards others. Church, if we want to share the cross equals love with others, we have to actually look like love. See, love isn't a feeling. Love isn't a feeling. It's an action. It's something that we do. We have to be patient kindness embodied in a church and as individuals and families. We have failed to be patient with others. I have failed to be patient with others. This week has been so crazy, so hard, and I have failed to be patient. And at times I've failed to be kind. And in so doing, we're missing something. I, I wonder as Christians, I'm going to talk to Christians right now. There's people here who are not Christians who are listening in. Just listen in to something I wonder about us. Because we have this hope, and you may not believe in this hope, but this hope is the biggest thing in the world, and it should cause an overflowing. But I wonder if sometimes we forget that, and we're happier to love God in church and around church people and be incognito Christians on the road or in the stores or even at angry people on Facebook. I wonder if it is patient kindness to buy all the food in the store. Could it be that taking all the toilet paper perhaps is motivated by something other than patient kindness? Is it motivated by fear? Or love. These are the questions that I'm asking myself. And maybe you're asking them as well. Now, I don't know what the motivation of your heart is. And that comes out in actions. And I'm not saying that the actions reveal what your heart is. But I do say that actions show us what may be in there. Do we want to be known for hoarding, fear? Or do we want to be known for love? I'm asking this again and again and again. As this situation changes, what is the most patient, kind thing that we can do? Why would we do it? And for those who wait patiently, we learn in Hebrews, Abraham received what was promised. Abraham was given a promise. We were given a promise as a church that God would show up and do incredible things. And when we wait patiently for that to happen with kindness, something happens. Now I'm gonna share with you a couple stories. And when something hits you, comment about it. Ask a question about it. And tell me what resonates with you. I wanna tell you what patient kindness looks like. Because patient kindness isn't always something that we can really point our finger to, but I, I wanna show you what it looks like. A friend of mine, I, I mentored him for years. He worked with me in the church. Uh, I look at him like a little brother. I spent years investing and mentoring, and then eventually I was able to do the premarital counseling and actually performed uh, the wedding for them. It was beautiful. They wanted to be in ministry together. They wanted to serve together and eventually go to another country to plant a church. We talked about this. We, we dived into it before, and they got married, and it was beautiful. And two years later, he called me because she left brokenhearted. He called me and said, I don't know why, 
I didn't do anything. She's just struggling. She's struggling. She's going through what many her age are struggling with, a crisis of identity in a world that's saying there's no truth, there's no reality. We have to create our own often. And even those in the church can fall into the trap of being confused. She wasn't sure who she was anymore. That's the only reason she could give him. She said she wanted something different in life. She wasn't sure she wanted to serve in church anymore. She wasn't sure if she wanted to move out of the country ever. And she wasn't sure that she wanted to be married. And this went on for weeks where she'd come back for a few days and he'd be excited. Can we talk about this? Can we work on this? I care about you. And she would get scared and she'd run away, just leave. Can you imagine what that would be like? And his heart broke for her. We struggled through this together. And he says, I don't know what to do. And I said, well, when she comes back again, what do you think you can do? He goes, I don't know why we didn't work on this. And I said, do you think that's what she needs? Maybe she just needs a safe place, a kind of love that is patient and kind and long-suffering. Maybe she doesn't feel safe anywhere. And you could be loving and love her where she's at. That is what patient kindness looks like. That is what love is. Not a feeling, but an action. Something that sacrifices for others' good. Let me tell you what patient kindness looks like. Another brother of mine met a young orphan in Uganda with his wife and has been spending over four years trying to adopt her. Some of you have heard his story. In order to adopt her, he has to foster her in country for 12 months. And unfortunately, now they're at 14 months in Uganda and things aren't going well. He's scared for his life. He has had things stolen from him. He arrived in Uganda with a scar on his chest at 20-something years old from a heart surgery that he had to have because last time he was there, he got malaria. It went to his heart. And he's been there and he's got malaria again hookworms. He had a 20-foot tapeworm, strep throat twice, and sepsis. He went into sepsis once. His wife has only had typhoid three times. And in this corrupt system, they were bled dry. They were accused of sex trafficking by the judges. Their character was constantly maligned. And they watched as person after person trying to do the same process got sent home and separated They're waiting on one last chance for the courts, but no court date was coming, and they were afraid that they were going to get lost. This conviction of what God had called him to do, to suffer and be part of it, came to a head. And this week, we were talking on video, going back and forth, sending Marcos to each other, and he came to the realization that he would soon have to make a choice to live in Uganda forever with his wife, but they didn't feel they could ever bring a child into that system at that point, not knowing if they'd ever get work because there's no work over there right now for anyone, even Ugandans, and not to have his own children so he could be with her, or he'd have to leave her behind to be abandoned, someone who never had parents, who has been abandoned again and again and again. And he said this to me, what does that say about me that I might have to do the same thing? Patient kindness is sitting in that suffering with him, which I did, to tell him there's another in the fire, like the song you might have heard, standing next to him, another in the waters, that Jesus is with him in this hurt and this pain. 
But there's another version of that song that echoes the line that it goes from the Bible in Daniel, where they're about to be burned alive, and they say, we will not, God will save us. But then they say, even if he doesn't, I'll still praise him. And Robbie's there, and he's loving with patient kindness. See, this is the love of God. It's not this fake, saccharine, sweet niceness. It's not being just nice to people. It's being patient and loving and kind. And it's hard. It has teeth and it has grit and it suffers long. It's kind and patient. It's what the world needs. Let me tell you about another man. He's imperfect. His name was George Mueller, and he helped 10,000 orphans, and he struggled with some other issues that he didn't do so hot, but one thing he was good at was praying. And he prayed for five friends from the day he accepted Christ. He prayed for them every single day, this relentless pursuit of one more. And a couple months after he accepted Christ, his first friend accepted Christ. But then it took 10 years for the next two to accept Christ at the same time. And he's praying every single day patiently, kindly. And after 25 years, the fourth was saved. But it was five friends. And after 52 years of praying that he never gave up, he died. Not seeing that promise. The love of God looks different. It changes the world. It may not look the way you think. And you may have never heard of a love like this that motivates people out of love to do incredible things. But those who are patient will experience the promise. Maybe not in this world, but the next. You see, on George Mueller's fifth, on, on his funeral, his fifth friend at the funeral, except the Christ. The next morning after the despair of my friend who may have to leave his foster daughter, the very next morning where this dark night of the soul where there's no answer, there's nothing going to happen. I said, look, I don't know what to tell you except go to bed and pray and ask God to give you peace. The next thing I received is a video in the morning with the three of them laying in a couch laughing and giggling and joking and they could barely get out that they had just received a court date as hope rose up in them again. It's not over. But the promise is there. And that wife came home. And for four weeks, he loved her and didn't push her. For four weeks, he lived not knowing if when he came home that day, she wouldn't be there. And in the middle of a normal day, out of nowhere, she turned to my my brother and said, I shouldn't have left. I'm sorry. I want this marriage to work. Patient kindness is the love that transforms the world. It has something to say in our problem, our issue right now, but it has something greater to say about our lives. So how do we love with patient kindness? Because that seems massive and huge. How do you do that? Jump right into it? He didn't jump right into it over a moment. He did it moment by moment by moment. Some of you are thinking, I'm going to have to go to a crazy work situation soon. Everything is changing. How am I going to be patient and kind? 
You're thinking about having your kids home with you for three weeks at least. I'm trying not to be crazy, not to be some kind of loving saint. All of us need to learn in the midst of this how to share information in a way that's patient and kind. That does not stir up hate and bigotry and fear, but that is long-suffering and genuine. What we do on social matters. So I'm going to ask you right now, will you commit with me? Maybe you write it down in the comments right now. Commit with me to be patient and kind on any social platform. I mean that. Do that right now. Be patient and kind. What we do at work matters. What we do on social matters. Now, some of us are patient. I'm going to talk to two groups. Some of you, you lean one or the other. You're patient, but you do it kind of out of like, I'm better. I'm in control. You pride yourself on being in control, but you aren't very kind. You might need to learn to share truth with people with grace and kindness, to be kind to those who have divergent thoughts and experiences than you. You may need to learn not to feel superior, but to love them. Now, I'm going to talk to you right now. Listen, what you want them to know is the truth. It isn't about being right, and many of you believe that. It isn't about being right. It's about them experiencing truth, encountering God, encountering Jesus, and many People won't listen to you because you come across as cold and superior or a jerk. You know who people listen to? They listen to long-suffering, considerate, and genuine truth-tellers. That's who they listen to. So for you, maybe that resonates with you. Realize you may have been unkind and ask for forgiveness. Maybe you have been unkind. It's time for you to ask for forgiveness You'll be amazed that when you do that, there's an opportunity to speak truth in a loving way. Some of you know who you've been unkind to, or maybe you've done it on social, and you need to change. God can help you through that. Some of us can be kind. Some of us are so kind most of the time, but quickly our patience can dry up. I find that kind people sometimes go to rage like really quick. I'm not saying that's you, but like they're so full of this kindness and gentleness. Or we're only kind to ours, to our people, the people who belong to me, but malicious to those who think differently, rude even, especially online. We become so jaded, so jaded to this world, we forget that our power in our words has the ability to give life or death. So I wonder, maybe you need to look at, maybe I'm a kind person, but I'm only kind to certain, or I don't have any patience for people, or it dries up so quickly, you may need to realize you have been impatient and ask for forgiveness. It's okay to ask for forgiveness from your family, your friends, your church. There might be someone that you need to ask for forgiveness for being impatient. So why did these men love with patient kindness? Why can you love with patient kindness? Why can you make this change? In Romans 2, it says that the kindness of God draws us to repentance. God is patiently kind with you so that you can be patiently kind as well. God is so patient with you. In a moment, you're going to get an opportunity to to accept Jesus and accept that patient kindness, that love. But for those of us who know him, we need to remind ourselves that if God has placed his spirit inside of us and he is patiently kind, 
we can be patiently kind to. So my call to action in all of this is to stand on love, to practice patient kindness, to commit to it together that we're going to do this, to be patient and kind and full of love. This is the call I have for you. And as you are listening to God and as we finish here, as we have a few more things to do, I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would come and rest on you in this moment. Wherever you're at, I just encourage you. And there's an opportunity too, if you're at home with your kids or maybe home alone, to maybe kneel on the ground. Maybe to get down and pray. Maybe you need to get on your face because no one's watching. You're not going to distract anybody and ask for forgiveness. It's this repentance, right? This repentance, turning away from what we've done and turning towards God that does something inside of us. So I pray for all of you that you, in this moment, in this time, would ask God for forgiveness and move towards patient kindness. Holy Spirit, I know that you are here. I know that you are moving. God, I know that you are with the people who are in every single room and that you're speaking to them. I pray that you would teach us how to be holy, teach us how to be righteous, but teach us how to be the embodiment of patient kindness. Hey, thanks so much for listening. If you want to find out more information about Life Church Canton or other churches in the Life Church Network, text I'm New to 734 349 3475 or fill out the form linked in the show notes below and someone from the church will reach out to you with more information. If you came to Life Church Canton for the first time this past weekend, we would love to know about it. We believe that life isn't meant to be lived in isolation, but we want to connect with you and learn to live like Jesus in community together. If you want to email the show, you can do that at podcast at lifechurchcanton.org. You can subscribe to this show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're enjoying it, please share it with a friend and leave us a review. Once again, my name is Sam Parham, and you've been listening to the Life Church Canton podcast. Have a great week, everybody.